thank you so much for joining me in the no first ever edition of the IMO podcast. Um, it's been a it's it's a, a great pleasure to have somebody with so much great knowledge like you. Um, we'll just go straight into it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just to start off with, could you just give the listener a bit of a background about yourself, how you got into the Italian football, and just what you're all about, really? Yeah, um, I'll, I've always loved football um, from quite a young age. Uh, my dad uh, took me to my local team, which is Stockport County. Ah, Stockport um, County. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was from from very young. I was absolutely obsessed with watching live football and. Um, I watched the Italian league like so many did on uh, Channel 4, the Football oh, yes. Italia show. Yeah. Um, and I always wanted to be a football writer, but it, it kind of took me a little while to get into it. Um, I went off on a, another course and did a different job. Um, but then um, me and my dad went to Fiorentina um, because... Um, my dad's granddad actually played in Fiorentina Stadium in the 1930s. Oh, wow. He played, yeah, yeah, he played for Manchester City. So um, we went to Fiorentina and we just uh, made friends there and we kept going back. So I started writing on a, like a Fiorentina blog site just for free. Um, and then my career kind of just blossom from there really um i started writing about other teams and people noticed me and and now i'm a full-time italian football writer so it's you know it's a dream come true for me really so what was your favorite player then uh, when you started when you were younger um when when i was younger um it was like a lot of other people it was gabriel battistuta for oh, Fiorentina. Yes. yeah yeah i i got into uh, italian football in the 90s yeah and I became a Lazio fan. And okay. the reason I became a Lazio fan, they used to have a player called Signore. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, I was just amazed by watching him. Lazio, <laughs> for the listeners, are the equivalent of to probably Everton that are never yeah. really going to do anything. They did win it mm-hmm. under Sven, I think, in 2000, roundabout there, when they That's had right, a lot yeah. of money pumped into them. And then were the glory days in Italian football. So one of the reasons I wanted to get you on was was to discuss the rise of Italian football and how it's kind of coming through again. Because obviously it went through a big phase where the stadiums were empty, the teams weren't competing. Juventus got kind of well relegated to I think the second division or the third. It went through a big dark phase. So I want to know how has the Italian league changed over the years, and how has it combated kind of bringing the game up again and getting it popular again with fans, especially in Italy. Um, I think more recently um, there's been obviously Juventus have dominated they've won uh, the league for the last seven seasons but below that there have been a lot of exciting teams to watch um, a lot of people really love watching Napoli um, for the last sort of three years when Maurizio Sarri was there oh, yes. um, there's um, you know people are um, people in the country are now packing the stadiums more and there's there's always that colour um, from the choreography that the fans do uh, before games as you know with things like the Milan derby that are always the same in terms of making big displays in the stands um, and you know there's exciting players in the league it's you know it's for me, it's my absolute passion, and um, I think 
people are, I think you're right, people are starting to come back to watching Serie A um, after that drop-off. Um, and I think when, you, when you've got a core of people who've, who were always interested through the 90s um, from those glory days, that when the league starts to get a little bit better, it tempts them back. Yes. So I think, you know, I think for certainly from an English audience, I think that's probably what's happening now. And, you know, there are, there are fun teams to watch like Atalanta, who are not necessarily right at the top of the league, but, you know, they they provide a lot of entertainment and there's there's, you know, the stereotype of boring defensive football in, in Serie A is, is gone now. You know, the, there's plenty of goals every week and um, some excellent matches to watch. I think one of the, from my point of view, obviously I'm not an expert like yourself, I think the drop-off of AC Milan had a big impact internationally. Yeah, I yeah. think um, it's a similar effect what Rangers had with Celtic when Rangers got dev- demoted to kind of the third tier and it, it had a bad effect on the, uh, the Scottish League with Milan dropping off. Yeah, I think internationally fans who, I, was, I wasn't a Milan fan, but in my time you had some of the great players at Milan from Shevchenko to Kaká to even Maldini Baresi and once they went um, you had Inter under Mourinho for two years but prior to that there wasn't that international appeal um, so what what impact from a marketing point of view has Ronaldo had on the league so far? Um, well he's he's always going to have an impact isn't he he's, he's got his own group of followers that will will watch him no matter what league he plays in so the fact that he's come from La Liga into Serie A means that his followers will migrate over towards watching Italian football um, I know that Juve have had a massive um, increase in their number of Instagram followers um, in fact across all their social media accounts um, and I think just having him in back in the in you know in Serie A is um, it makes a statement I think um, yes. that you know Serie A is is good enough to attract Cristiano Ronaldo and that's what made the league popular in days gone by that they could attract these great players um, and I hope that that means um, him coming to the league that means other players might start to come um, because he he truly. In terms of marketing, he's just he's golden, isn't he? Really. Well, yes. If if you get Ronaldo into the mix, and then if you have a Jose Mourinho coming back into the league, I think yeah. from a brand point of view, that really kind of helps elevate the brand to what it used to be. Which kind of leads me into the next question: Is what are the Italian clubs doing differently marketing wise? And the reason I'm asking this is because Roma have a very famous Twitter account which kind of trolls other teams and other yeah. players. But from you being involved, I know they were involved with Eleven Sport, with their digital, with their TV rights, which were going totally onto an app-based platform. So what are they doing differently out there, marketing-wise, to kind of market the teams that you're aware of? Yeah, I think um, a lot of the teams are, are now getting very good English Twitter accounts, as well as... Um, the Italian Twitter accounts, so, like you say, Roma is is absolutely brilliant, and they've got their own um, huge following. And you know, a lot of them are, are doing good things on Twitter and um, on Instagram. I think that uh, that attracts people because if you're not in the country, you need uh, you need a hook, don't you? You need something to make you think. Oh, you know, I, 
I might start watching that thing yes. because yeah. you know they're they're amazing like Roma they're amazing they're funny on Twitter and um, I think the most important thing is for Italian clubs to translate that popularity on social media into actual something tangible which is people maybe buying shirts people watching the games people even traveling to Italy and um, attending the matches in person and I know actually to to go back to Roma they um, have made it much easier now for English and other foreign fans to buy tickets for Roma matches on their website which is a very very difficult thing uh, in general to buy Italian tickets there's a lot of red tape and and things like that so Roma have made it easier and they've also um, set up like um vans in the city center um little roma branded vans um with people wearing roma kits selling tickets to tourists which i think is a great thing because people who were just generally in rome uh, on a holiday they might think oh yeah we'll go and see a roma game well ordinarily you would have no idea how to go about that and you might go to the ticket office and the, you know they say yes. well you need this supporters card and you need to do or jump through all these hoops but Roma sort of made that much easier and, and I think other clubs really should follow suit and try and make their clubs um, more accessible to people who uh, are not used to the Italian system. Because you get that in Barcelona so if you ever go Barcelona they have a big thing around the city where one of the things to do in Barcelona is go to the new Camp and if you can get a ticket to watch the game, they really push that to tourists where yeah. they're kind of saying, you know, come and watch Barcelona play and, and that kind of helps. you kind of then thinking if if you don't support a team in Spain, then you think, oh, that's my team in Spain. Yeah, and kind of an exactly. alliance. Like with me, it's always been Lazio just because I saw Montelli and I liked him. And ever yeah. since, they've been terrible ever since, but I've just carried on <laughs> supporting them. And I remember... Yeah, exactly. A friend of mine used to be a Sampdoria fan and he used to be a huge fan of Viali when he used to play. I think it was mm-hmm. Viali, it was Lombardo, one of them two. Yeah. Oh, and he used to just love him. And ever since, he's always been a Sampdoria fan and he kind of tie into a club. And once you're with him, you are with him for life. That's right. And and there's the thing about, you know, buying the shirts and the merchandise. And it's all it's all very lucrative, really, if you can if you can get those people because um, there's a big market for for fans abroad that, are, you know, they're, the league in their country might not be very strong. And, you know, I know um, with Inter having the Chinese owners now, uh, Sunning Group, they, they really try and promote um, Inter in the Chinese market. Um, because there are lots of fans there that are looking for a club to support and um, that's that's huge marketing potential where do you sit as regards to with with um, governing bodies of football trying to put sport onto the likes of Instagram YouTube YouTube um, trying to have live matches on these platforms I think I think it's a really good idea. I think the the more they can reach out to people, the better. Um, I, Serie A um, do actually have a really good YouTube channel, and they put all the highlights from all the games and the goals and things like that on their YouTube. Um, and it, and I think they have. Uh, I don't. I think it was Eleven Sports that when they launched, they put one of their matches live on Facebook Live or YouTube. 
Um, and I think, you know, you've got to move with the times. It's a modern world and people are looking to access things through these different platforms. Um, and y- y- that's certainly the way to go for me. Yeah, because it, 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 in England, as you know, BT do, I think, the Champions League and the Europa League final on YouTube. I think and that was part of their deal because the Champions League wanted it still to be available to the every somebody that wasn't paying for a subscription. And yes. I personally see in the States, um, I was listening to Simon Jordan, interestingly enough, the other day on TalkSport, and he was saying the Premier League should pull out of all television and create a Netflix model where, yeah, you, pay, where you just pay for it. Yeah, you pay um, like a, a, yeah. 10 quid a month and you get every game you want to watch live. But on the flip side, you, if you got every game live, you might get empty stadiums. As you can see in England, as what we do is, a lot of the teams are building stadiums like Tottenham, but can Tottenham fill 60,000 every week? I don't think yeah. they can because they struggle to fill 40,000 at Wembley sometimes. Yeah. And with Man City as well, they struggle heavily to fill a stadium. You you can get Man City tickets on Groupon sometimes because <laughs> they are struggling, struggling to fill it. Yeah. Yeah, and bo- well, that's, that's actually why Juve, when they built their new stadium, that's why they made it only 40,000. Because they knew they knew in big Champions League games that they could probably get double that amount of fans. But when they play Kievo at home on a Monday night, that the stadium's going to look empty and then there's no atmosphere and you know it's kind of counterproductive. So they've they've reduced their capacity to forty thousand, and they've actually created a demand for tickets. Which by creating that demand, you you, you know, it, it becomes lucrative then and people are desperate for the tickets. And I think that's actually really clever um, because, you know, gate receipts are, are quite a, a small portion of um, what clubs can earn in general. So by reducing that, they've, they've, they've created a massive demand. There are only so many clubs that can fill out like 60,000 plus week in week out. I think there's about five, six in my opinion that I know of. That's yeah. from, from Manchester United across to Real Madrid. Maybe buying, you know, Liverpool, uh, Newcastle, which many people forget. But otherwise, it's difficult. But I see if, if every game went live on these platforms, I think it would be difficult then to um, fill the stadiums mm-hmm. going forward. That's just my opinion. I could totally yeah. be wrong. I could totally be wrong. But how, how important do you see platforms such as Instagram, Twitter for fan engagement? You Facebook, all of these kind of modern day TikTok, which is a new one in China, which is massive over here now. How do you okay. see? How important do you see that for to get that direct to fun engagement? It's 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 massive because um, you know people people see something they like and they immediately go and look it up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. They immediately want to then follow that thing and and with um football clubs you know they they want to see the kind of things that um they wouldn't normally get to see i know you know a few clubs they sort of do um instagram stories of their of them training and and you would never normally see something like that and it makes you feel um like you're part of it and it makes you feel involved in the day-to-day goings on and all that helps to um, I think we all follow football clubs because we, we want to feel part of something. And I think that really helps to have that sort of content on the social media channels. And, and you know, oh, 
um, you might reply to somebody on Twitter and if the football club likes it or replies, you feel important. And, and you know, with any brand, you need to make your customers feel important. And I think that's that's what we're seeing with football clubs on social media. Yeah, you see the rise in, when you see a, 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 any team playing and at half time the amount of interaction that goes on about players or what's what how everyone's got an opinion and and you yeah. you you're, you're engaging with direct conversation there That's and right. then not which these type of conversations maybe 10 years ago would have taken place in pubs or you know fun clubs now they're taking place in real time on an app and people sitting at home and from my yes. point of view i think it's just going to get more and more i think you're going to start seeing clubs take it more and more aggressively you're going to start seeing already you see clubs like you've said have twitter accounts in multiple languages to yes. engage with different audiences and as clubs start to look at the far east and especially south asia which a lot of clubs are trying to tap into you're going to start seeing more and more of this and i think especially with 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 instagram and twitter's the instagram and twitter are the key for me i think for fan growth and to to get i I bought i just watch roma all the time what they do online and i think it's fantastic it's very interesting for, for somebody at the top there to think you know what we're gonna go totally down a different road compared to different clubs and have a bit of a banter element to us it's quite interesting very, yeah very and interesting. i think i think with roma that comes from them having american owners um james Pilotta, who owns roma is um a big sort of boston businessman and he he has the experience to know that um that's the kind of thing you know thinking outside the box and being a bit different to the others is um you know what what it needs to promote the brand where whereas some some italian clubs um are a little bit rooted in the past but as we see more and more new owners and and different businessmen coming into the league i think that's why we're seeing an expansion like this and people doing things that are a little bit different do you see more investment coming into the italian league um i think it's difficult because like I say, some of the um, some of the old school thinking is a little bit preventative um, by the league itself and by some of the club owners. Um, I think if we can see more teams, even the smaller teams like Sassuolo, they they are owned by uh, the the guy Giorgio Squinzi who owns Mapai, and they're they're a big um, I think it's construction brand. And they've made the Mapai Stadium and they um, are one of the only few teams to actually own their own stadiums and make, make money from it. So if, if we get more forward thinking people like that into the league, then yes, maybe they can source more investment in the future. But it's it's the problem is, is removing some of the archaic thinking that's that's around and, and trying to move into the into the modern times a little bit more um, if if that happens then yes um, I think I think we, we will see it but there's, there's certain things where Italian football is behind like for example some some teams haven't um, in the past haven't even had a shirt sponsor whereas in other leagues they've got um, you know a short sponsor socks there's one on the sleeve of the shirt as well as on the front of the shirt and things like that that you know 
um, would really generate more income for them. I think they're, they're missing out on. So they do need to move forward, um, certainly. And I hope that I hope that we can see more investment coming into it. You see it with the, with, with the MLS teams. They have a sponsor for everything. Yeah, you know they yeah. have like shirt sponsor, back sponsor, you know, short sponsor, sock All sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but as you said, the more you get American owners involved, I think they have a better vision. Whereas so, yeah. the traditional team, you've had, Barcelona never used to have a shirt sponsor. Only until I think a few years ago they started getting a shirt mm-hmm. sponsor. Um, and to and to my last question, which is the most important question, do you see the Italian football league as a brand? getting as big as the Premier League? Um, I think the Premier League are way, way ahead uh, of Serie A in, in terms of their marketing. Um, and I think in some ways maybe people people like foreign leagues because they maybe see the Premier League as a little bit too corporate, a little bit too much of that side of things. Um, and Serie A is still... Not old fashioned, but it's it's still got that real quality about it that when you actually go to the matches, you you it's not all glossy and yeah, um, you know what I mean. Like it's, like the NFL. Yeah. Yes, well polished. Yes. There's a um, raw element to if you go to a stadium in in Italy, maybe and there's no seats, or it's a bit more of a. It's a bit more raw and it's a bit more real. Yeah, I know what you're trying to right. say because all the British league, all the teams in the Premier League have pretty much got fancy stadiums. Even if you look at the Championship, they've got some really good stadiums, and yeah. the teams are well oiled. The way they look, the way the way they are presented, the way the grass is, and I and I, I don't know. I might be wrong, but Fiorentina's or the stadium they used to play in was very like open and it had no roof on it. It was like wow, this is it. and they used to have the flares going off and it was just yeah, a raw they're still experience. there in the same stadium. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, and I remember, and I think Palmer used to have one years ago when the original Palmer, where they used to have a, where behind the goal they used to have these big nettings and the yeah, San Siro's like that, huge it's, nettings, it's, and you think, what is this? And, and yeah. you have the police with the with 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 an with an aggressive like kind of uh, stance, and it was like, wow, this is like some. But the crowds in Italy were something else. The the noise they create, the atmosphere they create, and I think. From my point of view, for Italian, from a marketing point of view, I think the competition needs to get better in a sense. It can't be Juventus running away with it by December. Yeah, I think Napoli have tried in the past. I was kind of hoping AC Milan, with the investment they had, made a trap. But I think they've got a ban on now, haven't they? They've got a transfer ban, if I'm not mistaken. No, um, they had... um, they did have an owner who turned out to um, not have the money that he said he had. Right. <laughs> so they are, they are, they were actually effectively repossessed by um, Elliot Management, who are like, um, they are actually like a vulture fund, because um, the the Chinese guy owed them money and and he didn't pay it, so they took over the club. Um, but they're actually running it in a much more smart way, and I do have high hopes for their um, the, for them going forward in terms of marketing and and building their brand up again. Because you know, like you said earlier on, um, Serie A really needs AC Milan and yeah. Inter to be great, and I do think they are heading in the right direction with the owners that they've got. They've got a little bit of work to do to catch up, but. Um, 
I've got my fingers crossed that they can they can in the future they can rival Juventus in terms of uh, modernization and things like that. I think if 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 the Italian league could get a firing. A, a, a big playing AC Milan that would make a huge difference. It really because would. AC yeah. Milan is 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 some of the maybe younger listeners will not be the scale of AC Milan is huge. Like mm-hmm. this, the, the, they are one of the biggest clubs in the world, and and if they from a marketing point of view that would make everybody would watch that AC Milan Juventus fighting out for the title. You could throw an Inter Milan in there, but Inter yeah, Milan that would is, be brilliant. Inter Milan is not as big as AC Milan. I know some people might disagree, but it's not. It's nowhere near. I don't. I think in terms of marketing, it's not. Um, but and and in terms of potential, but at the moment, I would say that Inter are a little bit further ahead because yes. they've had these very smart owners in for a little while now, and they're a little bit more stable in terms of their ownership. So um, we'll see how that pans out. But to get those those two teams firing again would be would be brilliant. Do you see Jose Mourinho going to Inter Milan? I never say never with that. Um, you know their their current um, their current coach is is struggling. Um, I think maybe we could see Antonio Conte there, but I'd never say never with Jose Mourinho and Inter. <laughs> Fabulous. And, <laughs> and where can the listeners find out more about you? Um, you can find me on Twitter. Um, it's at Chloe J Beresford, and I do also have a Facebook page. You can find by searching my name too. Chloe. Thank you so much for taking time out out of your busy no schedule <laughs> and giving me a, a great insight into the Italian league. I'm sure we'll have you back on, but thank you very much. No problem at all. Thank you.